0: Today on episode number 501 of the School of Podcasting, we're going to look at how are people discovering podcasts and what's the smart way to get your podcast into that stream. Hit it, ladies. The School of
1: Podcasting with Dave Jackson
0: podcasting since 2005. I'm your very own professional podcast mentor, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, we talk about all things podcasting. I take your message. I help you massage it for maximum impact. I take that technology that maybe you're a little worried about. That's all right. We tackle that. We help you face your fears. We help you flatten that learning curve and get you on the road to pain-free podcasting. Our website is schoolofpodcasting.com. And as I record this right now, On February 14th, we are still not open for business. I've been going through and really revamping a lot of things. I'm calling it renovations. And it should be open, I'm hoping, by next week. And I want to thank everyone who reached out to me and said, Dave, episode 500 was epic. They called it uh, an instant classic, all sorts of things. If you haven't heard it, go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash 500. And it's a story of a podcast launch Uh, featuring me doing a bunch of voices uh, poorly, along with some fun uh, commercials and such. And so I'm glad everybody liked that. I was really worried about it. And uh, anytime I try to be funny, I'm always like, but uh, not so much haha funny, but just entertaining. And it sounds like I hit the mark on that. So thanks to everybody who's uh, reached out to that. Special thanks to Steve Lee over at Two Thumbs Up Media. Uh, I'll have a link to this out in the show notes at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 501. Uh, I announced last week that I'd actually lost the day job, hence the new moniker. I'm now a professional podcast mentor. I kind of like that one a little better. Uh, Never knew there were so many kind of negative connotations with the word coach. So I'm trying on that one now. Professional podcast mentor. What do you think? As opposed to personal podcast coach. Don't know. Probably doesn't matter in the end. But uh, I had announced that I did lose the day gig. And um, Steve went over immediately to support this show.com and uh, threw me a bone. And I really do appreciate that it is keeping the lights on here. And uh, as I slowly transition from being a full-time employee to a uh, an entrepreneur, so to speak, got a couple of irons in the fire. Might uh, jump back into that full-time employee thing. We'll see what happens. Should have an answer by next week. But uh, do want to say thanks to everybody. And, uh, also wanted to say thanks to, uh, Jeff Hallish from USA. He, uh, wrote a review for the school of podcasting. So I just discovered the school of podcaster after the school of podcasting, after hearing Dave interviewed on a couple other podcasts. And so I wanted to, he said, closing his Facebook. Um, I, I wanted to, to read that part of that interview today. Cause we're going to talk about that. How are people, now this is a very small, uh, survey that I did, surveyed a hundred people, basically put it out there and people on my email list, people in my social media, my Twitter, my G plus, my Facebook responded. So we have a hundred respondents to this. And the question is, and, and the reason I did this is, as you know, I have a love hate relationship with, uh, with new and noteworthy. And yes, I just threw in my mouth, just threw up in my mouth, just, just a little bit, uh, because so many people, spend mega, mega, mega amounts of time making sure they get into new and noteworthy and pretty much saying I'm in new and noteworthy is kind of like saying I have a pulse and we are finding more and more people that are saying, Hey, I'm in new and noteworthy. And I got a boost of, you know, 20 downloads per episode. And again, I am a instructor and I think in multiples of 20, so I'm like, Hey, that's a full classroom. But the problem is people are expecting 10,000 downloads. And so I, I have that question out to anybody. If you have got into some sort of ranking system, I would love to know what kind of numbers you're getting. I, I said that a couple of weeks ago, haven't got a single response yet. So if if, that, if you feel like sharing your numbers, um, that would be great. But I asked I ask this question, where do you discover new podcasts? In other words, when you're like, hey, you know what? I wonder if there's a podcast about blank. How do you go about finding it? How are you, you know, the podcasts that are in your, on your phone, in your iTunes that you're listening to, how did you discover them? And so the number one answer was, you ready for this? I thought it was going to be word of mouth. It's not. It's I heard them interviewed on another podcast or blog. So I was like, hmm, so we're going to look into that. If that's the number one reason, at least according to my audience, is I hear about them on other podcasts. Number two, now that's at 35%. Number two, coming in at number two is they search the app, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, whatever they're using, they do a little search in that. That is 34%. So that barely got beat by, heard them interviewed on a blog. Coming in at number three, at uh, uh, number, uh, at 16%, is I heard about them from friends or word of mouth. Now, After that, number four is other. And when I looked at other, it was things like this. I usually look at shows that are mentioned by show hosts that I listen to. So, again, that's kind of word of mouth. It's rarely an interview directly. Um, I hear about them in apps and other podcasts um, from other podcasts, such as yours, uh, multiple ways, Pinterest articles, newsletters, um, which, again, to me is kind of word of mouth. People talking about the show uh, subject searches, or I hear them elsewhere, and Twitter, and I heard about it on social media. And I would like to lump all those as word of mouth, except for the one that said subject search. And if we did that, if we take seven of those, that would put word of mouth at uh, basically 23, 24%. So it'd be number one would be heard them interviewed on another podcast, followed closely by a search in iTunes, And then number three at um, 23% heard about them word of mouth. And then the last one is an internet search. And I really thought Google search would be much higher up there. It was only 7% of the audience. So we're going to look at, okay, well, if that's one of those things, and if you want to chime in on this, go over to schoolpodcasting.com slash 501 and let me know. But I also asked them, if a show is, quote, in quotation marks here, bad, how many episodes until you unsubscribe? And I gave them the answers of one, two, three, or more than five. And we had a tie here. Uh, The number one answer is one. One strike and you're out. And that was tied with the number two answer or or number 1.5. And that is two. So that was basically 34 people said um, one, 34 people said two, Um, 17 people, number three. So 17% said three, Um, two people said more than five. And then we had 13 people saying other. And it says, if there's something I really dislike, then I rarely finish the episode. In other shows, I'll listen to, I'll listen longer. I'll drop them if they repeatedly irritate me. Um another person says I haven't unsubscribed yet. I just don't listen to them, but it will probably start unsubscribing soon. Another person says I just stopped listening, but I don't need to unsubscribe because iTunes conveniently stops downloading the podcast anyway. Yeah, the podcast app, if you don't listen to it after so many episodes, it just quits downloading them. Some person another person says, depends. If it's content rich, I'll hang in. Uh if it's just a platform for product marketing, I opt out pretty quickly. Yeah, nobody likes a big giant commercial. Next one down, depends on how bad it is. If the description interests me, probably uh, two, I will give them a chance. Another person says, I won't sit through a whole bad episode. Uh, then I will shop around other episodes. If it's bad, I don't keep wasting time. I do that now. There are a couple of shows that I used to listen to religiously, uh, comedians especially. That if I don't recognize the name of the guest, I'm not. Mm, no, I just swipe left and delete. Uh, that's how you do it in Overcast. Uh, I'm willing to give them a go for a while to see if they improve. There you go. I don't let. I don't tend to subscribe if I don't like it. I would just ignore it. Another person says I primarily use Stitcher. I rarely unsubscribe. I just ignore the shows I don't like. Another person says I usually download an episode or two before I subscribe. If it's bad, well, then I don't unsubscribe. Another person, a lot of people are saying this. I just quit listening. And um, one person says it could be one, the host, if the host immediately loses his credibility with me by not fact checking, for example, I've yet to unsubscribe to any podcast due to low production values. um, Content can win versus low quality audio. Yeah. So good content will trump bad um, audio quality. However, Good audio quality will not trump bad content, and that's the next question I had. If you had to pick one, just one reason why you unsubscribe, it's typically, and this one came in, 63% said the content. So when I say content is king, uh, this is why. Now, the next one down, audio quality. So... Again, content is king, presentation is queen. Now, everybody's saying, oh, people will hate my voice. Only six people out of a 100 tune out because they hate the person's voice. And then um, the last one is 5% said the uh, schedule, meaning there's too much content or there's not enough. So let's look at the comments for that. Uh, the host over time strays so much from the original concept of the podcast that it's now unrecognizable. Uh, audio quality will send me away, but if I happen to hear great content in a few seconds before t- before turning it off, I may continue to listen. If I get bored or need to listen to something new or different, um, and they say and by content, I find I can usually forgive anything in the topics I'm interested in, except as a host that either ignores me as a listener demographic or is uninformed and or factually incorrect. I don't have to agree. In fact, it's sometimes more interesting when I don't, but I must be able to understand their perspective or nothing is gained. I see that I am not in their target audience and we part way. Sorry, Dave, but audio quality, voice, and schedules to an extent can be forgiven unless massively grading. Um, I listen mostly in the car. So except for low volume levels, nuances of finely tuned audio is lost in traffic. I agree with that. I always tell people it has to be listenable. I know I there are friends of mine that are kind of self-professed audio snobs. And I'm like, I'm not that route as long as it's like she said, or he said, I'm not who, what, what this is, as long as it doesn't go when I listen to it, I, I can kind of handle it. Um, and then uh, we'll, we'll get to, let's see, I can listen, I can only listen to so many podcasts so often, um, so that sometimes leads me to unsubscribe. Um, let's see, the content will make me stop listening, typically it happens when I don't get any value out of a show. For example, they are interviewing the same people everyone else is interviewing, or they ask the same questions everyone else is asking. Let's read that one again. When they, because everybody's like, oh, if I could just get the big guess, if I could just get the big guess. I love Pat Flynn. I love his book, Will It Fly? If you check out um, slash will it fly. But when I fired up my podcast catcher and that dude was on like every other podcast, I was like, Pat, I love you, but holy cow. But he's doing a book launch. He wants a bunch of people to buy his, his book now. So um, another person says the content and the duration. Over an hour is way too long. If the show doesn't match the description, which it actually offers is different from what it says it's offers. So it's like, Hey, I'm going to tell you how to make a great, uh, whatever French toast. And then I start talking about waffles and you're like, wait, hey, wait a minute. I mean, they're closed. They're breakfast foods, but well, what the heck? Um, somebody said the voice and the content are equally tough for me. Another person, again, I listen in my car a half hour each way If the podcast is longer than a half hour, I put it at the bottom of my priority list and don't usually get to it. When I search for new podcasts, the ones that are a half hour catch my attention. There you go. Some people like that. uh, And this is where you go. You're not going to be able to to please everyone. Sometimes, even if the content is good, I can't stand someone dropping the F-bomb or the nasal sounding person or so many commercials and so little content. Again, this is great insight. Kind of is king, but if the tech is related, especially podcasting related, and the audio quality is poor, I don't feel like they are subject matter experts. And that's one of the things I have to worry about. Because I, I played with a Hindenburg journalist a couple of weeks ago, and in the process didn't use my Big Shot Smarty Pants microphone, and didn't have my gate going. And everybody's like, Dave, what's the deal? You sound like Darth Vader. It's like, okay, and the next thing up, we'll be talking about, they're like, what's up with the breathing? So... I'm back to the big shot smarty pants, Mike. Content can be okay, but I have a limited space on my tablet. Uh, You really have to keep up the quality to stay on my app. Again, this is why I put my show out at 64K mono. Still sounds great. Takes up half the space. Uh, Somebody rated it this way. Audio quality content, host voice, and then schedule. If the audio quality is horrible, I'll unsubscribe every time, but I can tolerate poor audio quality. They say here, blog, talk, radio, if the content is great, but it has to be great in capital letters, if the content sucks, it doesn't matter how good the audio quality is. And no, I did not put that in there. That's somebody basically saying, amen, brother, to me, a uh, bad talent, audio quality, and then content. If I'm on an iPhone, if I'm not an iPhone user, so I don't unsubscribe, I would stop listening for a combination of reasons, content, voice, and schedule. Uh, last up here, sometimes the audio quality, if it's literally a phone interview or sounds like it was recorded with a computer's built in mic, but more often it's the content that includes having to wait five minutes for the promised content, which is why I choose to listen in the first place. And this is something that I've changed over the years. We've talked about, you know, I used to put, I used to do the, uh, kind of like the tonight show where they put the big guest on last. I don't do that anymore. I put the, I lead with my best stuff. So I'm leading with the survey because I found this stuff, these insights kind of interesting. And I think it's also going to spur, hopefully you to go to school at podcasting.com slash 501 and chime in on the conversation. If you also, if you want to uh, call 888-563-3228, that's the phone number. Again, that's 888-563-3228 or 888 There's no vowels in my number. I tried to spell it out says, I'm a podcast hoarder. I never unsubscribe. That said, I have, however, recently subscribed to one podcast, read the show notes for a few episodes, and unsubscribed immediately before even listening to a single episode having decided that this podcast wasn't for me. So uh, where are these people consuming the podcast? 95% on a portable device, 5% on their desktop. And of the people that answered this, 63% had a podcast, 37% did not.
1: Hi, Ray Guch here from the Job Search That Works podcast. Before I enrolled for Dave Jackson's School of Podcasting, I wanted to do a podcast, but I had no idea how to make it happen. Dave took our small class step-by-step through the process, and he covered things like planning my show, what equipment I needed to get started, how to pull together the content, how to record my show. How to Upload My Podcast to iTunes and Other Services, and he gave some great insight on how to monetize my podcast along with some really realistic expectations on uh, what the kind of money would be in, uh, in the short term and long term. I really like the way Dave gave economical options to get things done, because I tend to go overboard, but Dave's recommendations sort of helped me keep a level head about what I was spending. I thoroughly love producing my show, and thanks to Dave Jackson and the School of Podcasting, they helped me get my start. If you'd like to hear the result of Dave's coaching, check out my show at www.jobsearchthatworks.com.
0: Thank you, Ray. Bringing back a lot of memories. And I'm already off to a bad start. All right. What the hell is Ray? Thank you, Ray. Again, find him at jobsearchthatworks.com. Ray was in a class I did, and I used to do these called Podcasting in Six Weeks. Well, I've taken that concept, and if you're new to the show, I've been teaching people technology in the corporate world for 20 years, and to make a long story short, because of things out of my control, lack of sales and the ability to reprice our products, um, I was let go. And so I'm going to take a stand or a stab at being a full-time podcast consultant and uh, or, or a more, as I said, a professional podcast mentor. My goal however I do this, is to make money helping people with their podcast, however I do that. And so I've come up with an idea, and I thought about it. I'm like, well, what was my favorite time teaching? And it was when I taught for one semester at a college, and then my old day job came calling with a bigger paycheck, and I did that. But I really missed the college experience because I got to be more of a mentor to my students. I had them for a whole semester. I really got to know them. I remember one of my students, unfortunately her father passed away during that semester and I was able to kind of help her through that. And so I really got to understand my students. I really got to build that. Here's that word again, relationship with my students. And so uh, first of all, happy birthday to Ray. His birthday was last week. And so I wanted to take that concept of a long-term relationship and I liked the way I did my podcasting in six weeks. I just wanted it to be more dedicated. And so I've come up with podcast mentorship. So let me tell you just a little bit about this. If you're a person, if you don't know where to start or what steps are required uh, to turn your idea for a podcast into reality, This is for you. If you have a lot of ideas to choose from and you can't figure out which one is the right one, you don't want to choose the wrong one. This class is for you. If your fear of failure, if that outweighs your fear of not getting started, then this class is for you. If you're not sure if you're qualified, I'm here to tell you this class can definitely help you. If you're afraid about letting other people down, you're not. And I'll explain why you're going to be giving a podcast that's a gift. If you've discovered that other people are executing something that's similar, I'm going to help you tap into your strengths that will be better than theirs. And if you think, well, I don't even know what resources to use to get started, this class is for you. You know, if you're just not sure if it's going to work, this class is for you because you'll be able to figure that out. And so think of it this way when you start a podcast without the proper planning right now at the school of podcasting, we have a lot on planning your podcast and this is going to take that and go even deeper. But when you don't know these things about your, your idea, the idea for your podcast it's kind of like taking off in a plane without knowing where you're going. Right. I mean, you may never take off and if you do get airborne, you might eventually run out of gas and end up on the ground, hopefully in one piece but probably not where you wanted to be because you didn't have any direction. And so that's what podcast mentorship is. Now, this is not for the person that wants the $39 podcasting quick class. This is you and me working side by side. And I used to call myself a coach. I now call myself a mentor. Why? Because a coach is somebody who stands on the sidelines and barks orders at you on what to do. I, that's in terms of like a football coach. I want to be more of a mentor. I'm I'm not only going to be helping you and giving you advice, I'm going to be working with you side by side in the same Google doc, in the same spreadsheets. I'm going to be doing the research right along with you. We're going to be comparing notes. And so there are people that teach classes on podcasting for four weeks and it's $2,000. Now, if I take that model, That's $500 a week or $26,000 a year because that's how long podcast mentorship lasts. Let me give you the schedule real quick. For the first six weeks, and this is going to be up to six people, so seating is very limited because you'll see why. Because if it was a lot of people, I would just die from exhaustion. But here's what we're going to do. For the first six weeks, we're going to meet with our group of six people And then I'm going to meet once with you. So every week, you'll see me twice a week live. Plus, there'll be a Slack group. If you've never heard of Slack, it's this free program, works on everything. It's really awesome. It's like having a private Facebook, but it's just for everyone in the class. You will also have access to the school podcasting for the full year. And so for the first six weeks, we'll meet twice a week. And we're going to start off with planning your show. Then we'll go into things like building your website, getting the right gear launching it, maximizing your impact on launch, coming up with a strategy. And more importantly, we're going to dig super deep, uber deep into who is your target audience and what do they want to hear? So that when we do deliver your podcast, they're going to go, oh my, did you hear this podcast? This thing is awesome. And I'm going to be doing that research right along with you. So that when you, if you ever had a gift, that you wanted to give somebody and you couldn't wait till Christmas because you just knew they were going to love that. That's what we're going to be doing. We're going to know your audience inside and out. We're going to know what they're looking for, what they're asking for, and then we're going to give it to them. And we're going to develop that relationship by coming up with a schedule for your podcast. So it can be consistent. You're going to get people to know, like, and trust you. And then you're going to have that relationship with your audience. Now, what you do with that is going to be up to you, but I'm going to, to help you deliver a rock solid reputation and relationship with an audience. Because after the first six weeks, after we get your show launched and off the ground for the next 10 months, you will meet with me twice a month, once with the group so we can network and compare notes with everybody. And then once with me one-on-one so that we can tailor, customize your strategy, and your goal moving forward. And we're going to be testing everything. We're going to be using Google Analytics. We're going to be using pretty links. We're going to know, we're going to do the best we can to take the guesswork out of what your audience wants. And then the other thing I want to do behind the scenes, but not really, I mean, when I say behind the scenes, people will know this is happening, is I'm going to record all of our meetings, all of our everything. And I have the domain name podcast case study. And almost like the podcast serial where it documents the launching of a company, this is gonna be me documenting the launch of everyone's podcast along with my launch of this course. And so I'm not charging $39. I'm charging $5,000. But remember, that is for the entire year. And you're gonna have me in your pocket via Slack group, via meetings twice a month, twice a week. And I'm going to be working there right there with you on the exact same spreadsheet. So you're going to see what I added. You're going to see what you added. You're going to see exactly the value that I'm bringing. And we're going to work together to make sure you are hitting your target audience. So you can tell by the structure of this course, by the price of this course, this is for somebody like a business or somebody who is just uber dedicated to getting this thing off in the right direction. So if you're interested in this, it is, again, it starts March 5th. That is two weeks, basically. Go to podcastmentorship.com and sign up. And it's I'm so looking forward to this because I I want to work with you on a long-term basis. And together one-on-one, as well as together with our group. We're going to be comparing notes and just coming up with the best content and just having the maximum impact. Again, podcastmentorship.com. I've been talking about this topic uh, recently on the Ask the Podcast Coach show, and I wasn't going to bring it up here because I also wrote an article on this on Pottertainment Magazine, If you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash pottertainment, it's a cool digital magazine that is all about, it's for podcasters. It's only $12 a year. It's a buck an issue. And you can find that again, schoolofpodcasting.com slash pottertainment. And it dawned on me that not everybody reads pottertainment magazine. So I'm going to talk about it here as well. And so what I want to talk about here is how do you get booked as a guest on a podcast? And this was inspired Because somebody sent me an email and I was getting about at least three of these a week, a lot. It just seemed like every day I was turning around and somebody was giving me the same pitch. So um, I noticed kind of a pattern here with this. And it was basically they would tell me how much they love my show, but they wouldn't give me any specifics, none at all, as a matter of fact. And the reason for that is it's very simple. They're not listening to my show. They, that's the, uh, I believe the definition of blowing smoke up uh, someone's bootay. Uh, when you basically say, I love your show and you're not listening to it. Then they tell me their story about how they had to walk to school both ways uh, uphill and that they didn't think they could overcome it. And it's like literally like three, four paragraphs of this hero's journey of, Of which I don't care because I don't know who you are. Then they uh, tell me what topics they could, you know, talk about on my show and um, how much my audience is going to benefit by having them, this person who has overcome this tremendous journey and uh, they've come out on the other side, better willing to share their experiences with the world and my audience is going to benefit. Then they kiss my butt some more and tell me how it would be an honor to be on my show. And the reason I say this, because literally these are all almost the same letter. Like somebody's handing this out as here's the here's the letter and they copy it verbatim and they send it over. Then somewhere in there, they're going to hint about a book or a course or something that, uh, yeah, if people wanted to, they could buy it. And then they promise to promote their episode. So the one thing they didn't do was listen to my show. I mean, they could even fake it if they wanted to. They could go and say, "Hey, I really like that episode with Glenn the Geek," or "I hey really, I heard your episode with Jordan Harbinger, and boy, that was really entertaining." And I, duh, duh, duh. you could go to my show notes and pull something out. You could lie to me, and it wouldn't take any time at all. But they're too lazy to do that, and it just makes you look like an idiot that you can't even lie good, really. I mean, literally the one said, I've heard some fantastic things about your radio show. Congratulations on your success. And I was like, really? And the beauty of this is in this case, this form letter with no personalization to it came from Slava Garavi, I believe is how you pronounce it. And uh, he is a business and leadership coach. And he runs a mastermind coaching website. And I emailed him and said, dude, seriously, who is teaching you how to do this? I'm not upset. I really would like to know. Again, you know me. If you've listened to the show, I always like to know the other side. There's another side of the story that I'm missing here. And uh, because here's here's the punchline of this. The show he was trying to get on was not this show, the School of Podcasting. It was another show I did with my ex-wife and it hadn't had an episode for three years. Now I give him credit. The, the topics he were, he was pitching would have fit that show. If it were still putting out episodes and Oh, another thing, if it actually had interviews, but he had not done any homework at all. And basically I emailed him and said, what's going on? he said, I received a list of of podcast shows with great feedback about how they've helped transform lives. So he got a list from somebody and just wrote this awesome form letter that would fit everybody and sent it out. And I'm here to tell you that is not the way to get booked on a podcast. Now, there's some things in there. That, that are definitely handy. But number one, go and listen to the show. The other thing you want to keep in mind, I know it sounds like the best way to grow your audience is to go get interviews and get the top, 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 top people in your market and then get them with their giant audience to promote your show. And that on paper makes sense. We are finding out that the giant people with the giant list don't have time to promote your show. And then your whole thing is you go and bug them. Hey, can you tweet it again? Because realize a tweet lasts like what? 3.2 seconds before it's gone. So there's a great book out now called Stop Chasing Influencers by my buddy, Jared Easley and uh, Kamanzi Constable from the uh, Star of the Doubts podcast. And he talks about this, how he thought that was the strategy and he's finding out it's not. What is the strategy? Well, what did they talk about in those survey results? What are people looking for? Value. Think about it. Nobody in, in, in really in the podcasting side, at least my audience, let's go that route. Nobody in my audience had heard of Glenn, the geek, Glenn, the geek from horse network.com. Glenn, the first time he was on my show. And the first time I heard Glenn at podcast movement, I was like, whoa, because Glenn was doing everything that I'd been talking about. He was, he was my idea of an ideal podcast. Live incarnate. And here's a guy making a living talking about horses selling, you know, manure forks. And my audience went, whoa, he wasn't a big giant. He's a big giant star in the horse world. He wasn't a big giant. He's a big giant star. Now everybody knows Glenn, the geek. And if you want to meet Glenn, the geek, I'll throw this in here. Podfest.us get your tickets quick kids. We're talking two weeks. I'm going to be in Florida out of this snow here in crappy Ohio and you will get to meet Galinda Geek and me over there podfest.us. So, how what what's the smart way of getting into this stream where people when they hear you on another podcast? Well, here's some here's some strategies. I, I did some some googling, and here's um here's some ways you could do that. A, you could search for topics in iTunes. You could do do a search for Google. The idea here is to see who is in your space. Who is the leader in your space? And if you find their name, so let's say in my space, it's uh, John Lee Dumas is a very popular podcast guy. Well, I might search for his name in iTunes and see a million shows with the name on fire after it and um, see what podcast that he's appeared on. Now, here's another one. Let me uh, let me plug my buddy, Daniel J. Lewis from the Audacity to podcast. Maybe I do a search for Daniel, someone who's like me, and see what other show he's appeared on. I've done this. One of my backgrounds is I'm a musician. And I would always make friends with the other bands in my area and then Google them and see where they're playing. And I thought our band was a little better than the band that we were friends with. But they're very close. They were very talented as well. And I would just see where they played, and then I would go off and drop a CD. It worked great. And you can do the same thing here. Find somebody like you and see where they've appeared because that might be somebody to add to your list to contact. Notice I didn't say go ask to be on their show. Go see if you could contact them. And we'll talk about how to contact them here in just a second. You could search if you wanted to new and noteworthy uh, just a little bit in my mouth um, as these people in new and noteworthy are probably more new than they are noteworthy, but they might be hungry for debt for, uh, for guests. and so realize if you go on somebody's show that's new, I've probably done more episode threes than anybody in the podcasting world because I'll have people that launch at the school podcast and go, can I interview you? And I'm like, sure. Because I realize that when somebody goes back and gets the back catalog, though, my, I will eventually be heard, but you know, those people might be new. And so they might be more hungry and thus get you in front of their audience. And You can, here's another thing, another strategy. You can find influences in your niche and you could go to Amazon and you can look up books and you can see when you go to Amazon and you have a book, you can see people that bought this already bought, also bought this. And a lot of times you can see other authors' names over there. And those authors, of course, are influences, influencers in your area. And so those are people, again, you want to write down their names. We're making a spreadsheet, by the way, here. And then you want to make this list. And just like Santa, you want to check it twice. So when you find a podcast, what you want to do is you want to look at the date of their last episode. Because if somebody had done this, you know, in this case, in my case, they would have said, wow, they haven't had an episode in since 2013. And if they've podfaded, here's something that I'm like, hmm, you know what? If somebody podfaded and their show was perfect for you, uh, go to their website if it's still around, contact them. Maybe you should take over the podcast. There's a thought. Because there might still be people that are tuning in that RSS feed. You could pick it up and run with it. That's an idea. But people who haven't put out shows in months are more than likely uh, not coming back the last post on my, this was the, the podcast was called healing our marriage, which obviously didn't work. Uh, and our last episode was called we'll be back. And it was in April of 2016 or 2013. And then we never came back. So you want to start a spreadsheet with their website, with their Twitter handle and their email address. If you want to put other things in there, like LinkedIn and things like that, you could. And I saw an article, um, and I want to thank um, Kim from onthetablepodcast.com. If you're a person that uh, is into the whole, um, you're trying to work on your public speaking, and you're into Toastmasters, check out her podcast onthetablepodcast.com. She's a member of the school of podcasting. And she, uh, I was talking about this in our private Facebook group. And she pointed me at an article from com, And somebody was talking about, here's how you can get on show. So I'm I'm borrowing some of this here. And this person said, you might even want to classify people in terms of their Twitter followers, such as if they have less than a thousand followers, they get an S for small. Medium is a thousand plus followers. If you're over 10,000 followers, you get large. If you're over a hundred thousand followers, you're huge. So if that's important to you and it says, add these people to your list and, and you might want to write down how you found them because they're probably going to ask you about that earlier. Or when you contact, you might say, Hey, I did a Google search and found you, blah, 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 blah. But you, you obviously want to put down if they have a podcast or not, if you're looking for them on Twitter and you go and definitely if they're just because they don't have a podcast, doesn't mean you might not want to contact them in the future. Because again, your goal is to bring value. And if they have, you know, a hundred thousand followers and they don't have a podcast, number one, please tell me, cause I'll go get them to start a podcast. <laughs> Uh, but also they might be a great guest for your podcast. So you've, you've identified people and you've, you've figured out who the movers and shakers are. You have podcasts that you might want to try to be on. And so now it's time to get ready for the initial contact. So to determine if you're a good fit for their show, there's only one way to do this. You got to listen to it. There's no way around this. If you want to do it right and not waste your time, but you're like, Dave, it's going to take a lot of time to listen to that show. I'm telling you in the, in the end, if you want to impact, this is how you do it. So does this podcast focus on the people who would enjoy your topic? You know, that you want to talk about. If yes, then we need to get ready to contact them. If not, then we're not going to focus on them. So you're not wasting Their time. You're not wasting your time going on somebody's show that, hey, I'm going on a show about literature to talk about NASCAR. Probably not a good fit. Not that NASCAR people don't read, but you know what I'm saying? It's just, no. Okay. So the thing is here, when you find this right person, again, just like with forums, you find a forum or a Facebook group and you're like, oh, this is my target audience. You just want to run and go, hey, everybody, listen to my podcast. And they're like, who is this spamming idiot? Don't try to close the deal. I know you want to. But instead of sending an email asking to come on the show, there are other subtle ways of doing this. You could retweet. You could A, follow them on Twitter. B, because that might give you, they might point you at some really great content for your show. You could retweet one of their tweets. Um, I use Hootsuite. I do not track my, I do not check my Twitter as often as I should. But I do notice who retweets me. I do notice people that private message me um, and things like that I do notice people that mention me. So these are ways that you can subtly have the people go, Oh, well, I've never seen that Twitter before. You know, why not leave a comment on the blog? And if you think about it, the beginning of every, and this is the key word here, relationship begins with a conversation. This way, when you do contact them, if you've commented on the blog, You retweeted them, whatever it is, when you do send them an email, you're not quite the stranger. They're like, oh, yeah, I saw you love to comment on the blog. So that might be a strategy. Kind of slowly get in there. Then you can tell them how much you love the show using specifics. And if you want to tell them your story, I would keep it short, but really, you want to tell them about how you can benefit their audience. And and for example, if, if you leave a comment on the blog or on their show notes, and you bring an additional content, it's not like you're making them look stupid. You're bringing value to the conversation. It's all about bringing value. You know, it's never a bad idea to kiss the butt of the host and tell them what an honor it would be on the show. Um, but I wouldn't say, and I have a book. You can mention that after you set things up. And you might ask them, hey, is it okay if I plug my book? Because in the end, yes, you're there to plug your book or your course or whatever it is, or your podcast. But in the end, it's all about their audience and let him decide. Because if they know you have a book and it's in Amazon, they're like, oh, heck yeah, because they'll put the Amazon affiliate link there. So what I would say here is is honesty is refreshing. So those are some things. Now, here's some ways you could do this. So before you send the email, now you see them on Twitter, let's say. See if there's anybody that's following them that you know. See if you can get an introduction. That would work gangbusters. Uh, if you want to go to LinkedIn, see if somebody's there. Although I'm really horrible for connecting with people that I have no clue who they are. I wish I would not done that. And I really wish the people that I had on my LinkedIn connections were people that I actually knew. There are a lot of people I do, but there are a lot of people I'm like, who? So in and instead of saying, wow, we think your show is awesome, why not be honest? If you just found the show, just say, hey, you know what? I just discovered your show. And then tell me why specifically in a way that proves you listen to it, you would be a good fit for my show. And realize the host is going to have to figure out if you're going to bring yeah. Value. They have to figure out if you're a good fit. And if you've done your homework, you can answer that question for them and save them time. So, wait a minute, you're bringing value and you're saving me time. Wow. Now I'm almost into the law of reciprocity, which means when you do something nice for somebody, they want to do something nice for you. And that something nice for you might be, hey, how'd you like to come on my show? So you could send an email with something like, uh, hey, uh, you know, let's, Steve. Hey, Steve, I've, I just got done listening to the episode on French toast. And I have to tell you, I love your recipe. I tried it. I've never heard of putting whatever in a French toast. I want to let you know I tried it. I loved it. And I'm telling all my friends. And so I, I'm really enjoying your show. I look forward to the next episode. I'm actually going to go back and download the back catalog. Right. Just letting them know, hey, I listened to your show because as somebody who has been podcasting for a while, the one thing we all wish we had more of was proof that somebody was listening. There are a lot of podcasters out there right now going, hello, is this thing, is this on? Is this, is this on? Is it somebody, anybody, hello? We're all like that. So just that feedback, we're like, oh, cool. And you appreciate the fact that somebody took that time. Now, if you want somebody to look at you Here's an easy way. like maybe you maybe you left a comment, got a little interaction. maybe you followed them on Twitter, nothing yet. Here's almost I would think an easy way to get people to go, who is this person? I keep seeing their name. Write something on your website about them about how great their show is and link back to it. Then send them an email saying, hey, just want to let you know again. another great episode. I actually mentioned it on my website. and I'm pretty sure they're gonna click that link to see what you wrote. And I would almost guarantee that that person, if you have a page that says about, is going to click on it because they're going to go, who is this person that keeps talking about my stuff? I have a fan. I want to know my fan. If they're a smart podcaster. And this is basically you courting the potential podcast interview. Now, if we look at the previous, what I call spray and pray method. Right, you just you get your form letter, you got your email addresses, you do a mail merge, you do whatever you need to do, and you send out hundreds of emails to people you've never met before. That's great, congratulations! You just sent out five hundred emails, let's say. You you may not get any responses on that. You may get labeled as spam, and uh, that takes very little time. That's true. And the interesting thing is, the people, if you haven't even looked at their their show. And they say, yeah, we'll have you on the show. Apparently they'll let anybody on your show. Cause again, you might not even be related. So it, it wastes their audience time. It wastes your time as well. Think about that. Cause you're like, no, no, I'm getting the word out. You're getting the word out to people. You're, you're the NASCAR guy talking to the cooking show. You're wasting your time. And yeah, you can say, oh, I've been interviewed 400 times, but you're not connecting with your audience. And so it's not very effective the spray and pray. And you think you're doing the right thing because man I'm so busy I'm just booked with all these interviews but you're not productive. And there is a difference between being busy and being productive. Please do not confuse the two. Now the other way of doing this again is to to find a show with topics that you talk about, listen to them, see if it's a good fit and like I said leave comments, follow them on Twitter. All these are the things to court them. And every time you connect with this person, bring something of value. Maybe you can point them to a resource. Hey, I really like the show about such and such and such. Have you ever tried these guys? Value, 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 value. When you bring something to the table that will benefit the host, when the host benefits, you benefit. Why? Because a podcast host you know, we all, all of us, we are here to serve our audience and we want our audience to benefit. And when you deliver value to the host, that audience, that, that uh, host is going to want their audience to benefit as well. And they're going to bring you on. And you're like, okay, that makes sense. Why don't people do this? It takes a lot of time. And time is something that most of us don't have, but why don't we have more time? Because we're busy. We're not productive. We're busy talking to people that aren't a good fit. We're busy writing, you know, drafts of some sort of form letter to blast a hundred of other potential podcasters. We're busy. We're not productive. And so it's all about, you know, one of my favorite quotes from Abraham Lincoln is sharpening your ax. If I had whatever it is, if I had six hours to chop down a tree, I'd spend four hours sharpening my ax. And, My last little point that I want to talk about here is standing out in the crowd. So I I started off this little, I don't know. I I guess it sounds like a rant, but I I just want you to work smart is how do you stand out? If you want to stand out from other people, if you want to have people begging you to come on your show, do your homework. Like I said, if you want to, if you want to do the cheap homework, if you want, want to buy the cliff notes, go out to their website, look at you know the third post back and pull something from that and pretend you listen to it yes i'm I'm telling you how to lie better at least do that and check when their last episode was out but that still it's better if you can give them something that that proves you listen you know write an email that shows you you took the time to listen you've already done the work for them and the host and I'm telling you like like a giant neon sign, you will stand out from the people who are spraying and praying. You will shine like a, a light, like a beacon, because it's not spray and pray. It's all about relationships. I listened to a podcast. Uh, in fact, two years ago, it was my favorite all-time podcast called Industry Standard with Barry Katz. Now, Barry Katz, Katz, by the way, K-A-T-Z, if you want to check him out, Barrycats.com/slash podcast. And Barry has been the manager of every famous comedian ever. Mark uh, Marin, Dave Chappelle, um, um, the other one, guy that does the drinking show, him, that guy, uh, that talks about Marilyn. I can't remember his name. But um, uh, the the other guy with the that does the weird middle finger thing, I cannot remember it anyway. He's been a manager and he's interviewing people that are entertainment executives heads of of channels heads of networks and it all comes down to relationships over and over and over it talks about bringing value and it talks about relationships and forming relationships and so keep that in mind that yeah it is slow and but you're planting seeds that are going to grow they're going to grow not just throwing, you know, it's, it's like trying to plant food on concrete. It's not going to work. You know, now one might find a crack in the sidewalk and start to grow. But you're hungry and you're trying to grow food. Don't throw it on the concrete. Go out, till the soil, turn it over, put some fertilizer on it, and then throw your seed down. It takes more time, but you're not hungry in the end. And you're not wasting your time, and you're not wasting their time. If you have any questions on anything, if you'd like to do one-on-one consulting, but not for a year, I do do that as well. Go over to schoolpodcasting.com slash contact, and you can contact me via phone. And yes, I actually do answer my phone uh, via email, via SpeakPipe. We can book an appointment. If you want to do one-on-one consulting, if you have any questions on the mentorship program, I would love to hear from you. And as we wrap things up, remember, don't be somebody who's going to spray and pray. Work smart, be effective, build relationships, and get out there and grow your audience. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next week, class is dismissed.